You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Marvel's The Avengers. Special Edition I Fanboy Podcast on Marvel's The Avengers. The long-awaited Marvel's or The Avengers. Or Avengers Assemble, depending on where you are. My name is Conor Patrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. We are from MyFanboy.com, and normally we talk to you about the week's comics, which we do in our weekly podcast, which you can find on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, or iFanboy.com. But we also like to talk about the comic book films, and they keep us busy. They do. They make a lot of them. And this is probably the biggest one, the most anticipated one of the year. There is another Batman movie coming out, but I feel like this one is probably the most anticipated if you pull the crowd. Uh, the uh, comics folk. Yes, the comics because folk. Because this, this is the culmination of a thing that, that they said would never happen. Yeah, correct. And then it was rumor. It might happen. And then it was uh, like it really happening. And then before I know it, there's, there's a movie with Clint Barton in it. Yep. Four years ago, in the end of Iron Man, they teased the Avengers Initiative, and they didn't know at that point if they were actually going to do it. But the, with each movie, they built closer and closer until they finally we got an Avengers movie from Disney and from Paramount, directed, by, directed and written by Joss Whedon, who is uh, himself already a nerd god. And now he's some sort of nerd higher being. Well, what's, we'll, yeah, what was we'll great get to, that, we'll get to that later. Yeah, a nerd, a nerd god who Hollywood didn't think could, could do a blockbuster feature. <laughs> Neither so we'll, did they think about that about Jon Favreau, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, so we'll get to that in a, bit, in a later, but this was the... First time you've seen a, I mean, we've had, we've had X Men films, but the first time we've seen a movie where you took the stars of four other films and brought them together to form the Avengers. And now um, there will be spoilers, so we'll be talking about things that happened. We'll be talking about the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, you won't be spoiled. Don't don't listen because there's a couple things that major events in this in the film we're going to talk about. Guys, so, what do we think? D- d- fucking awesome. <laughs> yes. Like oh, so, all I know is that so Connor saw it in, a, in an advanced screening in LA. What like two weeks before, two three weeks before week, the movie came out? Yeah, two, two weeks before the movie came and out. And text and I, Josh, I don't know if he texted you, but he texted me, and it was just it was dude. Yeah, I dude. got that. Dude, <laughs> and that was all that he would say. And so, I've never gotten a text like that from Connor. Right, exactly. And then I saw it uh, about a week before the movie came out. And I, as soon as I got out of it, I texted Connor, "Dude," <laughs> <laughs> and that that just sums it up. It just it it, it completely exceeded my expectations. Well, the, I thought the, what was really go. interesting about this is that we started. Like, everybody in the free world saw a screening of this before it came out, which could prob could be a problem. But the thing was, across the board, no matter how in the comics industry anyway, no matter how sort of indie skewed people were everybody was like yes right across like everybody who had seen it you know in comics was was just like this was the thing 
yep. that they – so it was huge expectations, I guess, were set up right away. Well, because I mean the, the funny thing because, is the, the, the thing is that, that coming out of seeing these movies, I feel mm-hmm. as if we're always like, that was great. And then, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like, and I, I got Thor and Captain America on DVD, and I've watched them over and over again, and that sort of thing. And like, you start to see the holes and things like that. And so, you know, there's a certain amount of enthusiasm of just seeing these characters up on the screen. But I think in in analyzing this movie, it there aren't a whole lot of holes. No, and yeah. I think that's where the benefit of having seen it so long ago comes into play for this review is that. You know, normally we're so hyped up on the adrenaline of having seen it, we're excited. And that doesn't mean the movies we liked were not good. No, yeah, no. It just means that there's all, there's an often the added element of excitement. Whereas I've had a week and a half or two weeks to mull it over, and uh, I still, I still, the things I loved, I still love the things I didn't think there were many. I, I couldn't find a major problem uh, in the review. I wrote a review on Nightmare.com, and I couldn't find a major problem. There wasn't, you know, it, there nothing was. There's still going to be little things we can nitpick, right? Little, little nitpicky things, okay, but but nothing, yeah. nothing. I thought of a major hole. I thought this was the first Marvel movie that didn't have some sort of, you know, significant major thing flaw. That, yeah, I mean, like the the big uh, problem. The first Iron Man. The big problem. Well, no, the big problem. Well, no, pro- first, first Iron Man had some issues too. No, it did, and I was. Uh, what I'm saying is that the first the the first Marvel movies have had a problem getting to the finish line. Are we gonna be talking? We're talking about. Marvel Studios. Yeah, movie. Marvel Studios. Let's just yeah. make that clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're talking about Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Hulk with Ed Norton, Thor, and Captain America. Right. Right. And we could talk about Hulk with Ang Lee, but I think that was so long ago. Let's just take no, that off the no, table. No. Um, and which I like that movie, but but anyway. Yes, but that's uh, not part of Marvel. Yes, Studios. exactly. So with those five movies, I, my opinion, they, how I rank them, it's probably Iron Man, Thor, um, Cap, Hulk, Iron Man Two. That's how yeah. I would rank them. And and my opinion is that they all have solid starts, solid middles, and then it's like, all right, let's just wrap this up and let's finish it. And mm-hmm. Avengers did not suffer the, from that at all. The and the other problem with the, some of those movies, and not all of them, and like what what made those movies good in my mind, like what made Iron first Iron Man and Thor and stuff like that, were the the character scenes in between the big action sequences. And Avengers just knocked everybody off the table again. I think because of Whedon and his his writing and directing, that there wasn't a moment of just get through the scene to get to the next scene. Every scene mattered. Every dialogue mattered. Everything connected to make the story better. And well, one of the things that we complained about in the past, you know, in a minor way, was that the, especially Thor, in a Thor, especially Captain America, but also a bit in Thor, it felt like. Really now, okay, we're just trying to get to Avengers. Yes, yeah. So in, in many ways, this movie is the third act of this story that's been building for four years. So in that, that sense, yeah. so in that sense, well, no, but but also that, I mean, that like feeling the first, of the first Iron Man suffered from that fight with the, the I mean, just the, the yeah. I think Iron Man's different because I don't think I think they didn't know Iron Man was going to be success, and they didn't. Yeah. I, I think if Iron Man's not a success, we're not here. So I think Iron Man's made differently. Okay. Because enough. once Iron Man makes three hundred fifty million dollars, they realize, oh, we're going to go to Avengers eventually. Yeah. So I think that in that sense is a different film, whereas the next couple are all. Getting to a point, getting to point B, and this is finally point B. Yeah. So there's a lot more reveling in point B rather than getting to point C. Right. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, so in that sense, I thought it was really, it was a payoff. It's a four-year payoff. So in that sense, there's a lot of emotional release. But also, you're talking about a movie with <laughs> emotional release. Well, emotional uh. release. So the, there's a lot of characters. I need a sandwich. This, there's a lot of characters in this movie. There's Captain America. There's Thor. There's Iron Man. There's Hulk. There's Black Widow. There's Hawkeye. There's Agent Coulson. There's there's Nick Fury. There's Maria Hill. And that's just the heroes. There's also Loki, and there's also some other people. And I, I thought the, the the most amazing thing was that it was so well balanced, and that everyone not only had a great moment to shine, but everyone had a little mini character arc in the movie. Everybody started in one place, and ended up in another place. 
And you never felt like I didn't feel like anybody was shortchanged. I didn't feel like anybody overshadowed anyone else. I felt like it was really extremely well balanced to the point where it was almost shocking that everyone had their it's little true. bit. I, yeah. that, that must come somewhat from the sort of, I guess, like having to balance the sort of longer form uh, ensemble cast that, that Whedon has had to do in the past. Yeah, I assume you know, in, you know, from between Buffy and Firefly, and that other show I never watched. Uh, you just sort of Angel. giving everybody their due and have, making sure they all. I wasn't. I was thinking of Dollhouse, but. Dollhouse, um, yeah. I, th- that's, I, I assume that's related to that, which would be one reason why he would, he would have been well-suited. And I, I agree with that assessment, too. I think right. it, was, uh, it was a really nice balance. Yeah. So, or, I mean, I, I'm no doubt two thumbs up, best Marvel movie to date. Am I, am, am I alone in that? Or? No, I think for sure. I, yeah. I, I think it was, it was wonderful. I think it was so much fun. I think that's really the most important thing about it was that from the very, from the very first scene – to the very last scene, it's just it's a thrill ride, and then the very the last half an hour is just this breathless, exciting battle in New York that the kind you've never seen in a movie. I mean, people talk about that's true. The yeah. pinnacle of the pinnacle of superhero action films was, was Spider Man Two in terms of bat- I mean, everybody talks about Spider Man Two, the fight scene with mm-hmm. Doctor Octopus, but this last half hour of this unrelenting battle with the with Loki and the Shatari is just a wonder to behold, and it's really. The moment where they've truly become the Avengers, where these disparate characters who all don't get along in that mighty Marvel style. Well, it was uh, it was it was interesting because because it was very. I mean, I thought the the end battle. I mean, I've seen similar things like this in in the Transformers movies. You know, I mean, but in terms, not, not done this done well. Better. No, oh, no, I, I, yeah. Hang, let, let me finish the thought. Like I've seen this kind of scale and this sort of thing, but. But no, at no point has like I don't know if it's because it's the characters or what's been going on or whatever. But like it thoroughly enjoyed it that much more. You know, so. I, I shot think better. One, yeah. The one thing I kept thinking from the very beginning all the way through was, you know, when we saw <clears throat> Superman movie. Remember, remember when the Brian Singer Superman movie came out? And the problem that people had with it was that it, there wasn't a thing that showcased sort of the size of his power versus a, a, an, e- an equal threat, I guess. Yeah. And so right away, I was I was seeing, I was like, oh, this is this is a big threat. It's equal to the, it's equal to the the heroes, I guess. Um, you know, and the same thing with. I think we saw it a, a little bit in. Um, I'm trying to think of. I mean, it was a little bit in in Transformers, but it was shot so horribly that it was hard to keep track of. I think. Right. Um, but like the size of just New York getting completely destroyed, you know, f- for a long time from many different angles. Um, and I don't know where if they shot, they but it actually shoot, looked yeah. like New York. It didn't look like Canada. They shot New York. Yeah, they shot yeah. New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the main story of this movie, if you haven't seen it or if you want to recap, is that Loki is back from his banishment that he suffered in the, at the end of the Thor movie where he has hooked up with a Shatari, who is an alien race from the Ultimates comic, which was an offshoot of the Skrulls in that book. Um, the Shatari are going to invade the Earth once Loki has opened a portal, uh, which he needs a Tesseract for or the Cosmic Cube if you are, want to go by comic parlance. So he goes and gets the Cosmic Cube from S.H.I.E.L.D., in the process, he brings Hawkeye and, and, and Dr. Selvig over to his side with mind control. And so the Avengers have to take down Loki first in the first act. And then, and then in the second act, he sort of plays the Hannibal Lecter character in the helicarrier as the team is brought together. And in the third act, the Shatari uh, invade Earth and it's a giant battle. And that's basically the story of, of the Avengers. It plays, a, it plays a little bit of the original Avengers, which is where they fought Loki and they came together and didn't like each other. It brings a little bit of the Ultimates in with the Shatari, and, and it bring, plus it incorporates the Marvel Studios lore. So I thought they did a really good job of weaving in the classic elements, the Ultimate elements, the movie elements, and sort of into one story. 
Uh, there were so many th- impressive things I thought about the about what Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, I think, is the star coming out of this movie. Uh, he's, I think he now becomes a big-time film director after this because it was really impressively done. Yep, agreed. So do we want to get through and get the things that we liked? Yeah, Aside I, from I, everything? I mean, I, you, can, you can keep going, I think. Yeah. This, the, you know, to me, this, the two things I liked the best were the Hulk. Yep. And I was really impressed by Black Widow, which it was a character oh, yeah. much much made fun of in Iron Man Two for for very good reasons. And I she made, had I, nothing I, to do in that. And movie. I made fun of her in the trailers with the where the you know they're they're all the, the the spin around camera shot, and there she is reloading her little pistol shooter, her little pea shooter. But I give her credit; they they made her badass. And, and she's never a damsel in distress. Never. She's never, yeah. she's never needs saving. She's the heart and soul of the team. But she's also interesting and emotionally distant, and she's got problems and. And, and she, I thought she was a really great character. And the, the, the two scenes where she mentally outwits people, like where there's a, a scene when we get first get introduced to her, where she's you know quote unquote captive uh, with these Russians, and and they're they're you know they're trying to get information out of her, but we we find out that she's flipped the tables and she was getting information out of them, and she was in control the whole time, which was awesome. And then she does it again to Loki of all people, which was awesome. Um, and yeah. it, it really gave you that. I really got a sense of okay, this is this is Natasha Romanoff super spy. Yeah, yeah, which was which is what you needed for her. That's what was lacking in Iron Man too. So and Scarlett Johansson did a really good job, I thought. Mm. Um, and then and then if you then to, to me the the best part was the Mark Ruffalo Banner and then Hulk Hulk. Oh, uh, they, they were great. Yeah, Ruffalo. And I love Banner, Ruffalo. I think. Well, I, I, yeah, huge fan of him as an actor. But I think that um, you know I liked Eric Banna as 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 Bruce Banner. I thought that was good. Ed Norton is I think is a wonderful actor, but I never really felt like that was right. Yeah, it didn't seem like it to me. I and I, Ruffalo came in and, and he brought his own thing. He did. He wasn't doing what Norton was doing before, and I think he really owned it in a way that the other guys hadn't. Yep. Uh, he, he was a fan favorite. I mean, everyone yeah. loved him in the screen. I he was I rumpled. Thought, I thought, yeah, he was rumpled. I thought the the way they handled his reluctance and his like, you know, his just wanting to not be involved, and then also, but then to advance the character from when we last saw him in the in the um, Hulk movie to where he seemingly has control over it. You know, because yeah. he's able, he's able to transform when they needed him to, and then, and like the, the the thing about Hulk, I think in these movies is use him sparingly. Yeah. And in the in the in the fight scene, he was just fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and like even to the point or the end of it, when after the after the climax and when Iron Man, you know, when Tony Stark does what he needs to do, and and he's falling, and like you like what's gonna happen, and boom, there's Hulk to save him. Like it was like you got an idea of the monster was conscious and knew what was going on. But then still, you know, still fuck shit up and punch Thor and, and all the that sort of thing stuff. Ab- the only thing about that is is that he did go from basically he had two scenes and he went from yeah. being Rage Beast in the first one to being under control in the second one. And there wasn't really a reason for that. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the implication is he accepted his, his role at, yeah. at the second yeah. part. I mean, he just, he's sort of the rage monster because he, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be part of this. And then when he falls to Earth, he finally realizes he has to do something. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, by the way, which, by the way, my favorite – I don't know if it's a cameo or casting or cameo, whatever cameo, of all yeah. five of me. Uh, fucking give it up for Harry Dean Stanton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, like, and what was great was that when in my screening, when he, so Hulk has fallen from Earth from the helicarrier and he wakes up and Ruffalo's naked and he's he's no longer the Hulk anymore and he's made this big crater in a factory and the security guard of the factory kind of climbs up and it's Harry Dean Stanton, who you might know as Molly Ringwald's dad in Pretty in Pink. And there's a very funny scene between them, and there was like maybe maybe 25 percent of my theater got it and applauded, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton." <laughs> that that's awesome. more of a film nerd kind of thing than. 
But uh, the uh, I mean, there's so many great crowd pleasing moments. The Thor Hulk fight was wonderful. Yep. Uh, the you know the, I'm always think- angry turning into the Hulk and smashing the giant. Uh, Creature was, you know, the Hulk was wonderful. Um, yeah. I, and, and going back to, I mean, I love Hiddleston I, yes. as, as Loki. He is, and like there wasn't enough. I want more Loki. You know what I mean? Like he's, oh, there was just enough. <laughs> no, no, is it? I just yeah. don't. I think it was just. It no, was no, enough. yeah, it was. It was enough to leave me wanting more, which is fine. You know, like that's you know. Um, the things I, that I I thought in. Uh, oh, you haven't. You can finish your thought. I'm sorry. Well, no, I just say I just I just continued. Like he's my favorite thing from the Thor of the movie, and it just continued into this movie. One of the things that I thought was interesting is that um, Iron Man 2, I thought, suffered from over-Downeyism. And he was right on the edge of it here, but since he wasn't the focus of the whole thing, it wasn't so much of a problem. And and the fact that the other characters were annoyed by him, I thought, justified my feelings. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was funny, but also he was supposed to be annoying. My absolute favorite moment in the movie, uh, the the, the tiny, the tiny, it was when he, he poked Banner and then like, Went yeah. at him with his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was not a written thing. Yeah. It was. Just, I was like, "Why are you doing?" This? Well, then also, like, he's and, the guy who plays with fire. And, and I don't give it up yeah. for give it up for Whedon to have fun with that character. And like when when Stark comes on the helicarrier and does his whole ranting and his distraction thing to plant the bug to get the data from it. And he's like analyzing the helicarrier and he, he makes the joke about Fury in one eye. And then and he's like, "That guy over there is playing Galaga. He didn't think we noticed. We did." And then to have that come, have a callback to that at the end of that scene, and the guy's there and he's playing Galaga, <laughs> like that was like those were little like humorous things that that were bu- like almost Buffyisms, you know. And but that, again, it, was, it all had meaning. Like yeah. he was he was being obnoxious for a reason to exactly. distract them from his spy. Yeah. Like I thought for, from a construction standpoint, story wise, it was just brilliantly put together. And I yeah. thought, you know, Joss Whedon really took a quantum leap. And he's a great writer. Everyone knows he's a great writer. But really, what he did with this movie, with all of the things that could have gone wrong, yeah. Uh, was really astounding. So my, 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 a couple of my observations from seeing the movie, basically the worst place to be in the Marvel movies is Tony Stark's house because yeah. that just gets destroyed every time. Especially if you're Loki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, a lot of the, la- the last scene takes place at the top of Avengers Tower, which is actually you know what is the MetLife building in New York or in, what, in place of it up on top of Grand Central Station. Um, I was going to say, you know, maybe maybe Park Avenue was the worst place yeah. in this instance. <laughs> but Yeah, no, but it just... Right outside of Grand Central. But then um, I'd left... So I, uh, we got to see the helicarrier, which was cool, although I was hoping it'd have a little more like height to it like it just it just really looked like a he- aircraft cal- carrier with four yeah. helicopter things like where the helicarrier is that big it's got it looks like the you know you know what I'm talking about in the comics it's the big you know but I understand I did, it I did not agree with this assessment it was fine yeah, it looked like yeah. It, they they made one into real life I was surprised that it didn't go down well that I was, was like, that was the cool. point I was like of course they're attacking the hel- of course they're going to crash the helicarrier <laughs> you know for a long time I was like so really is the whole movie going to take place in a helicarrier heli- helicarrier <laughs> I was like that's a budget constriction <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I was, I was just laughing that, of course, it involves the hel- helicarrier almost crashing. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> So the biggest thing coming out, probably, of the movie is that fan favorite character, Agent Phil Coulson. You really get a lot of him in the first bit. The and first, it's first awesome. Act, first act and a half, he's really he's in a lot of the scenes. He's funny. He's you see he's, you see you see the uh, you see Bendis's uh, influence by giving Coulson a uh, girlfriend in Portland. Yeah, he's a bit of a hero worship on Captain America. He he walks around like a puppy because he's you know he's, he's worshipped him his whole life and and uh, he's sort of like the Chris Farley character from Saturday Night Live and and then you, you, he's this funny great character and you build him up, build him up, build him up, and then he's killed by Loki. <sighs> And it just it, – it, it rips your heart out 
But at the same time, you go, of course, well, of no. course they had to kill him. But the thing is, is that like I, I, and I get that. I get why they killed him. I still, and I, and this is my biggest complaint about them. I disagree. I think it was a bad decision. I think that it was it was almost too easy of a decision. They had to make. I understand they had to make him personal, and they actually say it in the movie. But Coulson was our everyman. Coulson was our connection to these amazing kind of people and I th- and I'll be curious to see the direction they take the movies moving forward because even as little as he was in he was that he's not an everyman he's a super agent well, yeah, but he, but he's Super not. He has no power. He has no. You know what I mean? Like he's a. Normal- well, he, they've, they've said he's. He's. I interviewed him. He yeah. said, I, "We're the. I'm the everyman character. I mean, yeah. that's what that's his role is." In the he world. is in this, but I don't feel like I got that from him. Like in Iron Man, he was the guy who knew everything. Well, yeah, uh, well again, Iron Man's a t- totally different movie because they didn't have sure. this plan in place when they made Iron yeah. Man. But now, that's going that's forward, my, he was the everyman. My only hope. And, and I think they might go this direction because there was a joke thrown into it. But I, my only hope is that he's a life model decoy. I assume he was. Yeah, yeah. Or I <laughs> thought Fury was going to be. Yeah. Yes. Well, the thing was, uh, we, Jackson you know, we finally looks old. Yeah. We, had, we are people who know people. I asked a person who knows people who about this, and he said, "A, you never saw him actually die. Yep. And B, Fury lies. Yep." So. That was, and I kept thinking that the whole time. Actually, that brings up a really good point that I really appreciated in this movie was the the duplicitous nature of Fury. Of Fury. Yep. And I thought that was a really cool thing to do because it made that character something other than the dude who can do everything, yep. who knows everything. And and I I really appreciated that they didn't trust him. Yep. And I thought that was a really nice thing to do. And that actually harkens back to some of the best parts of the comics uh, as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. And when you want to talk about construction, like, and and also just it was a little bit of fanboy service, but you had to have everybody had to fight for a while. No, they did that it. That was a little contrived. That was. A little, I don't think it was, was at epic, all because that's the Avengers. They've yeah. always yeah. fought each other. Yeah. But Loki was doing it, so that was there was a reason for it. That, yeah. that was great when Loki just like got a got a seat. Yeah. Like that was awesome. Like he's like, ooh, I'm gonna watch this, you know. <laughs> um, and and it you know it worked in that in that way. Yeah. If you look uh, at the first four issues of the Avengers, that's all they did was fight each other. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, that's when they get when they, especially when they got together in the beginning before they trusted and knew each other that they didn't yeah. like each other. So yeah. like Thor fought all, Thor Iron Man fought Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, yeah, they're all males. Yeah. So um, Josh, why don't you why don't you talk about some of the things you didn't like? Because I'm curious because there wasn't a whole lot I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot that I didn't like. Uh, you know, if I if I had to think of anything, it was that you know the sort of alien race was just sort of there as no. a force, and we didn't really. I thought they. I, I mean, I didn't mind that because it, it. I think it took away from. It took away from what Loki. I mean, like it. it Loki became the focus, and the the force was the the kind of backing. And then we'll talk about the mid the end credit sequence later on. But it plays into that. But actually, I thought as a comic fan, the the alien, the Shatari, were very annihilationy. No, they were. I yeah. thought that I, I knew that there was going to be some sort of villain reveal just yeah. from what everybody was talking. I was like, is it going to be a nihilist? Yeah. Is that what's going to happen? Uh, no, but it was just like it's a force. They want to take over the Earth. We don't really know who they are or why. They're working through Loki. We know who he is. I thought the um, – I, I actually didn't get a chance to bring it up. But I thought that the relationship between Thor and Loki when, when Thor shows up at first and they're on the mountain, it wasn't just a fight. Yeah. It was a, a, like one of those classic Thor-Loki conversations really. That wasn't just about beating the hell out of each other because that's not what they are, and yep. I thought they did that really well. Um, no, you know, I, I have, I, you know, there was like little nitpicky things that, that don't really matter. I was, I was for a little while, I was like, boy, Hawkeye can't seem to hit anything with his gun, can he? <laughs> for a guy who doesn't miss, no, uh, no, he was great with his bow though. What did you think? Yes, of, what did you think of the quiver? I thought that was really cool. 
I thought it was really cool, and it was a it was a, an explanation yeah. for why it acted the way it does. Yeah. I, if I if I had anything, and, and know, just to explain, his quiver basically his quiver was just a bunch of arrows, and then with with detachable arrowheads, and then it would spin and connect to the arrow, and he controlled it on the bow. Like that was a cool modern take on, but like, why is there a guy with a bow and arrow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think they showed a few times why it was because you know he silently he could take people down. He was really quick with it. They called him Legolas. Yeah. You know, he he's not my Clint Barton. You know, in that way, he's the ultimate version of it. Yeah, very much so. Uh, it, if anything, his character kind of didn't have a personality in a, in a way. I just it, well, like, you didn't. It you was didn't, a reason you didn't, you didn't pick up on the connection between him and Black Widow and their relationship. I did, but yeah. he didn't have a personality. But they didn't really explain it. They didn't yeah. like the thing that I always liked about that character wasn't there. He was a soldier yeah. in yeah. this, which is sort of that's Jeremy Ritter's thing, which yeah. is you know choosing him for that character. That you knew he was going to play him that way because that's that's how he plays things, but. He had a role to play, you know, like you couldn't have taken him out. He wasn't superfluous. Um, and so he, he worked in that case. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just loved that final battle scene where they finally all get together and yep. finally they are the Avengers. And he puts Cap, starts directing people, puts, puts Hawkeye up top so he can direct the whole battle. So basically, Hawkeye is, is telling everybody what to do and running the show. Yeah. And so in that sense, you kind of have the sort of second in command uh, tactician in that, yeah. in, in that sense. Yeah. Well, well and, I, I, I love that scene with Cap, with the cops. When Cap, like Cap just jumps up and he's like, "Listen, we need to do this," and tell him the cops. And then the cop is just like, what, "Why am I going to listen to you?" And then Cap beats the crap out of a bunch of aliens, and the cops all disperse and do what Cap said. Like it's like because because you got to remember the whole country doesn't no follow Cap, Cap yet, yeah. you know. Yeah. And this is what did. It. And honestly, again, like in the end, in the wrap up with like the media sequences when and and the girls like Captain America saved my life and all stuff like, like you saw the heroism and what makes Marvel Comics so special. And I got a, you know I got a little choked up there. It was nice. Yes. Uh, one of <laughs> one of the things about Hawkeye was it was. About to say is that his confrontational role historically has been with Cap, but you had Tony Stark filling that in. Like you had them them butting heads, which I thought fit. It totally worked fine. Yep. I don't. I didn't like Cap's uniform. Yeah, I didn't. know what I, I I was fine with. The, I was fine with the costume. It mm. was the the helmet, the, yeah. the the thing that that because it looked so hard. And yeah. then like and then when he pulled it back as like a hood, it was like all right, where did the hardness go? You know. Yeah, I think it's yeah. rest. I got used to it. I think the one from the, his own film was better. Yeah. yeah, I did too. But by the time it got to the end, I basically made my peace with it. it yeah, was, me too. I, yeah. I was okay with and it. And there were but. other things. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and they were like, well, how, how does Thor get back? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about that. Well, that was that was the only thing I thought yeah. was people would I thought people would harp on this much more than than they did is at the end of the Thor movie he was trapped in Asgard but yeah. it's they said it was a year later so I I'm just assuming in an intervening year he found a way off the planet and Loki right. said something about Odin sent him down yeah, there yeah, yeah. Odin yeah. used magic to get you down yeah yeah totally. And they needed they needed the tesseract to do it. And, Where's my girlfriend? Is she okay? Oh, oh we're O'Connor. We're completely missing the the star of the movie, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's gut. Yeah, Scar's gut. Scar's gut is back in full force. Not only that, but we get full frontal as the bottom buttons popped open towards the end, and you got yes, you got you got the full frontal Skarsgård gut. Yeah, he does. He does. He's got Why a mighty are those impressive. Why shirts so tight? I don't know. But even he got a little bit of action. I mean, everybody got a little bit of heroism to play in the yeah. movie, uh, which I thought was great. Yeah. But yeah. At, at one point, the, when they're flying after the nuclear bomb, they go through a bridge, which is supposed to be the Verrazano Bridge, but it's the Whitestone Bridge. Yeah. And there's like there's a few cars on it. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Armageddon itself is taking place in midtown Manhattan. <laughs> that but that be... bridge is as clear as I've ever seen it. <laughs> the only movie that's ever gotten that right has been Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, the, the, and, they, and they got the placement of the Empire State Building wrong. Right, exactly. So, yeah. There's no street there. 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, no. I, the, the, aside from that, I thought the New York scene was great. I mean, everything it was just great. Like I, I couldn't stop smiling the whole time. Yes, and that was the thing. After it ended, I was actually sitting next to our buddy Jeff Canada from the Tully Rad Show, and we just looked at each other. We were like, "Wow, yep, they actually did it." And I think everyone just sort of sat there and stunned. So and there was giggling. Like everyone was just sort of happy after it was over. It was kind of like. I'm looking forward to the Dark Knight Rises, but I kind of know what I'm going to get, at least yeah. tonally, at least the I don't world. Know if I can handle that. No. But like the point is, I didn't know what I was going to get with this movie. Yep. We, we've never had this experience before. We didn't know we were going to get with a big time superhero team up movie. Again, we've had the X Men, but it's different, and they they exceeded all these hurdles that they were placed in front of them. It was it was amazing. Yeah, um, it was great. Now the the big reveal, the big mid credit reveal, was that in the beginning of the film, Loki is. Talking to this person who's never identified, but I have some news on that too. And uh, <laughs> an, an alien with a grill and all. An that al- yeah, an alien, and then he's apparently he alludes to another person above him who's leading everything, and we find out that the mastermind of the whole thing is Thanos. And now I literally verbally went, "Oh my god!" Like I like <laughs> like ser- like it was like I, I I was immediately embarrassed because like I was in a press screening and like and I was totally the fanboy because I was just like I gasped at, at being Thanos. <laughs> Oh. Now, I remember we saw the Infinity in, Gauntlet in San ago. Diego. Yep. Has that been in any of the movies? It was in Thor, but it got Thor. cut. It got yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. It, it was in the tro- it was in the trophy room, and it got cut out of the movie. So that's one of the reasons Which... why I wasn't completely surprised. I wrote in a review that if you you know paying attention, they revealed the Infinity Gauntlet two years ago. Why would they do that if they weren't planning on bringing Thanos in eventually? So yeah. in that sense, it wasn't a complete shock, but still seeing him up there. And they didn't fuck with him. He had the he had the lines in his chin, yep. and he looked like Thanos. And I went. Oh, and what was fuck. great was the cue was that so the, the 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 underling says, you know, we underestimated the Earthlings. They're very mighty. To attack them would be to tempt death. And then it cuts, and it's the back of Thanos' head, and he turns, and he goes, "Oh, really?" Or whatever the line yeah. was, and grins, and like I was like, "That's <laughs> fucking Thanos! They did it!" Like, and I want to remind everybody: if you go back, if you search, uh, I fam, go to Google, search I fanboy. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet, San Diego. You'll come across our post when we posted the picture of the Infinity Gauntlet, which features the best reflection of someone reacting to something. <laughs> There's some dude with a big grin on his face, which is my favorite moment of San Diego ever. Um. Uh, but the, uh, the, the other that thing was be true. the same person I talked to about, uh, Agent Coulson, I asked about the final scene, and apparently the the in between the middle management guy who was between Loki and Thanos was apparently supposed to be a nihilist. They just didn't name him. There you go. So I guess that was that was a nihilist. That was the annihilation wave. The uh, Shatari was, I guess, a version of the annihilation wave, and and uh, Thanos. So that's you've got that set up all for the next Avengers film, or also the movie or known Thor. as Gar- or Guardians of the Galaxy, or Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Thor, whatever they're going to do next. Yeah, man, that was it. Was just great. Oh, the oh, I had a nitpick. I had a complaint, and I can't. And I totally lost it now. Fuck. There wasn't a whole lot. I mean, really, the only the only thing I could think of coming out of it was that the Shatari were a little faceless, but they didn't need to be, you know, more than they were really. I mean, they you know it didn't really wasn't a huge nitpick unlike the other films. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was pretty happy. Yeah, I was super happy. I, Pat I, Kiernan, Pat Kiernan from New York yeah. One. I thought the little touches with Captain America, like when he recognized a, a Wizard of Oz reference that was funny. Else yeah. Got, was, yeah. I mean, they, 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 he did. A, Whedon did a really great job with characterization with the, t- the team. How he got the gig was that they got they had a script and they didn't love it, so they they sent it to Whedon. They said, "You read this over and just tell us what you think." And he wrote a three page single spaced memo about it, and he basically poured his heart out about the Avengers and what he thought they should be and what they you know yeah. how how they could do it and. And they said, "Holy shit, this is awesome! Why don't you just rewrite the script and direct the movie?" And, that's right. how. and, he, and he had also did a pat. He did an un- uncredited pass on the Captain America script, which I yes. didn't know until yes. recently. Yeah, they really they ended up with the perfect director. 
they keep falling into perfect casting and perfect people to make these movies. Yeah, lucky and, for them. Uh, a lot of credit to Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios, and and all the people who work on the films. They just keep turn turning them out and really embarrassing Warner Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, I, th- I have no doubt Dark Knight Rises will be great, but beyond that, they've got nothing. Yeah. Well, we were talking. Connor and I were talking about this earlier. Is the, the Dark Knight Rises; those are outliers. That's an auteur movie. That's not. Yeah. yeah. Like, not I, don't think, I don't think I don't think a Justice League movie can work in the same way that the Avengers movie works because I don't think I don't think with the Justice it's the, it's the Marvel DC difference in that the DC characters of the Justice League are awe inspiring gods, whereas the Marvel characters are flawed and relatable. Yeah. It would be different. Yeah. Uh, it would, it would I mean, work in a different way, but it wouldn't be yeah. the same. Well, the one thing about this movie is that it actually it felt like Marvel Comics. Yeah. It had a little edgy attitude to it. You know, nothing nothing terrible, but but a little bit. It was fun, but there was, you know, it was all those things that you, that you think of when I was a kid and I thought of Marvel Comics. That's what it, this is what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, it captured that really well in a way that the DC Comics felt different, not the way that the Dark Knight movies feel, which is yeah. grim and cold. I do. I do got to admit that that as after Avengers ended, I, my next thought was, "Oh, more! Like when? When's the next well, one coming out?" Literally, when I was walking out, I heard someone say, "Man, we got to wait two weeks to see that again." Like, yeah, yeah. it just you just want to see it again. Oh yeah, I'm going. Wanna, I'm going again this weekend. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I am too. You just you just want to. I want to, and I, I all I've been doing thinking about is thinking about seeing it again since I saw it last. It's yep. been two weeks. I've been going crazy. Yep. It's just, <laughs> really it's every just, night you're just like, God, get fuck. It. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it was just so much fun. It's, it's, it's what it's you go irritable. to. The, it's what you go to the theater for, yep. really. If you're gonna wait for the DVD, I, I think that's a mistake. I think totally, this is what you totally. go to the theater for. It's giant, bombastic, loud. Did you guys bright. see it in 3D? I saw it in 3D. I, saw I 3D. thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought I it was saw fine. It in 2D. Yeah. I thought for a movie that wasn't shot in 3D, it was surprisingly well done in 3D. I didn't think it was a distraction. I didn't think it added a lot of depth. I, I, people th- I talked to thought it was the best 3D immersive experience since Avatar. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with that. I think I think it didn't get in the way. It didn't overly it didn't overly enhance it like Avatar, but it didn't get in the way like it kind of did with Thor, like where we we had our little bits of our complaints and stuff like that. But yeah, it, didn't, it didn't feel flat like Star Wars did. Like it, it didn't feel unnecessary like Titanic did. It, it just yep. it it really worked. Uh, surprisingly, so much so that when we got tickets again for this weekend, we were going to go two D, but no, let's just go three D again. Like yeah. it was, we we enjoyed it. So, plus it's much easier to get three D ticket. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just so much fun. They're really they're really knocking these movies out of the park. It's really amazing. They really, really are. Yeah, yeah. Boss. Cool. So uh, yeah, so go to ifanboy.com where you can read Connor's full spoiler-free review. Um, you could read all of Paul's insanely genius Phil Coulson posts, Agent Coulson posts, as well as a whole bunch of other great there's discussion where everyone's talking about the uh, what they think of the movie and their thoughts and that sort of thing. I posted um, the I posted the the thread for the discussion before I went to bed and I woke up and there was 110 comments. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be one of those. <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm hard and I haven't gone through. I've been traveling, so I haven't gone. You're through. You're hard. I, I, I haven't <laughs> oh, gone through all the. You really like this movie. I'm hard pressed to find somebody who didn't like it i've yet to find somebody who's been like yeah no it wasn't for me like all my friends in san francisco saw it on uh, midnight and opening night and they, it was great to see them all tweeting and just like it's best marvel movie ever totally did it and all that so yeah so um i, it, I think it's awesome so the, the next one we have the one that no one's talking about amazing spider-man comes out which uh, i'm excited for i'm very excited i'm, for I'm excited for too it's just that it's it's sandwiched between avengers and that yeah. dark knight rises so that's you know, it's it's the X Men first class of this year. Yep. In that it'll probably be great, just that no one's talking about it. I so, think it'll surprise people. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back for that one, and then we'll be back for the Dark Knight Rises and whatever else they decide to sprinkle in in between. Probably I'd like to do a GI Joe one. Yeah. I, I missed fun. out doing the GI Joe show last time. And they you fi- can have, they, you they can fix, have this one. They fix Snake Eyes' mouth, so. And it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, let's do it, Connor. Let's do it. We'll do it. All right, we'll so. do it. 
All right, cool. So um, we'll be back next week with the Pick the Week podcast, and uh, when the next movie comes out, we'll be here for that, and we're here to tell you what we think. That's this one's for you, Phil. Yeah. Oh. So, All right, so until next time, I'm Ron. I'm pouring my water out for Phil, which Word. was a mistake because I've got carpet.